0: and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Kick off your future with the law firm of Kondori & Murad, the official Grant & Danny Show sponsor. They'll help protect your assets, update your will and trust. Schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys, Visit kmlawyers.com, mention the show to get a discount, kmlawyers.com. We're taking you up to 6.30, Caps Hockey on the station tonight, a huge Caps game against the Red Wings, who they're chasing in the playoff hunt. We'll get you a power play later on. Adam Peters was on the show. He said that the Commanders will not be encountering a big spending spree coming up in free agency even though they've got more money than anybody else to spend. Quote, it's not going to be a big spending spree. That's what he told us right here on GND. We're not going to go out and blow all that money in year one. We're going to build a competitive team with the right types of guys, then have a great draft after that. I do think that they're going to still make some splashes. I think that maybe this is being overstated a little bit. This anti-spending spree rhetoric becomes that you're not going to spend money. And I think a lot of us are just nervous that it's going to look like the last few years where it, they basically just tried to find some former Panthers that they could <laughs> yeah. spend $3 million on. Right. I mean, to I, be, I'm so beaten by that. It's like, I get even, it. even if you tried to, to pat my head or pet me, Danny, I'd be like, no, ah, please ah. don't <laughs> do it. Yeah. Well, which, which former uh, Atlanta Falcon does Dan Quinn want now? I'm just so stressed about that. But I think they're going to actually add talent and football players who can,
2: like, do football things well to me the 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 principle if you told me on paper previous regime and really to to a degree bruce was pretty spendthrifty also but if you tell me on paper we're going to try to find smart free agents that are good value to help the franchise i'd go oh yeah i want to do it that way but then when ron and all the martys do it it's like hey does that guy have a charlotte area code pick him up that's the difference right is they went and got guys that shouldn't they shouldn't have gotten like, this group isn't going to just do, as you said, uh, a couple of Atlanta leftovers from when Dan Quinn was there a handful of years ago. Like, not just buddies from, from a different space, right? Let's go to
1: Chris in Hyattsville. Chris, what do you make of what Peter's told us?
3: Well, one thing I, I think we need to recognize first, the general manager of the local football team came on the Grant and Danny show and discussed football. Yes. Like, that's... Yeah, that's right. You guys are kind of glossing over that. You're right about that, Chris. Not only that, if I may,
1: Chris, he called us Grant and Danny. Grant and
3: Danny. Yeah. That's a big part. Not not Grant and Dave. -uh. Nothing. And he didn't talk about the homecoming or uh, some other nonsense. So that was that was refreshing. That's a win, right? I mean, I, honestly, I think I'm good. I'm good for the rest of the year now.
2: Yeah. Our, <laughs> our does, bar's so you low, know. by the way, that we're like he, he used our names and he didn't mention giving out turkeys. I
1: thought about hitting the brakes on everything to to tell him about Grant and Dave uh, right after he said we Grant had too much and Danny. to get in. But there was, I mean, we had 14 minutes and 800 questions, so I just let it ride. But hopefully, there's a time he's back on the show in the near future where we can regale him with that tale.
3: Um, listen, Grant. You've always said this. It's one thing I agree with you about is that you have to respect the process. Um, and if this is his process, we just hired this guy. We haven't had a, a legitimate general manager in, gosh, I mean, since um, you know, since, since, who was Charlie Casterly, Casterly. Uh You know, like, let's respect th- this man's process. Uh, I mean, I, I think that there's going to be some happy medium between spending lavishly and, and sparking up, you know, Redskins one like Dan Snyder used to do, right? And winning the off season. Do you agree
1: with me but, that they'll add a handful of starter caliber, you know, maybe not five new starters, but you know, three legit starters and a couple other guys that are going to compete for a job?
3: Yes, but they're not going to add names just to add names and to make fans happy and to buy and to sell season tickets. They're going to hire. They're going to, you know. Sign guys that they think they can contribute now and for the long term. Sure,
1: and they should do it that way. But for the record, I would just suggest that that's what they've been doing for a long time. Like Even the reference of Redskins 1, and I'm not pushing back against Chris specifically, but you see this all the time. It's mm-hmm. this kind of lazy media trope. That was 22 years ago. The $100 million spending spree that everyone over talks about was in the year 2000. That was 24 years ago. The Albert Hainsworth contract, when he got $100 million, I don't know what year was that? Like oh six?
2: It was it was a, a Shaner
1: deal. eight oh nine, probably. Yeah. Yeah. But but I mean, really, since twenty ten, when Shanahan got here and Bruce Allen, who was you know cheaper than your uncle, who won't give you five bucks if you're at a restaurant, uh, since then it's basically a decade plus, fourteen years. They have not been a, a free wielding, high spending team. It's just an antiquated way of, of viewing them. It's like when when my my sister. To this day, we'll get together for Easter at my mom's house, all right? We'll be at my mother's house at Easter, Mm -hmm. and if it comes up, like we're playing a board game or everyone's competing or there's an Easter egg hunt or something, she will say something like, everyone watch Grant. You know he takes these things too seriously, because like when I was 10, I cared about winning the Easter egg hunt. So now here I am, a father of two with a home and cars and mortgage, and I'm 36 and fat and I don't care about anything, except the Capitals making the playoffs, and like... Her notion, it's, it's I'm 12 again. She's like, he's gonna tackle you if you pick up that egg. Like, no, relax. That was 2000. That's when they spent their
2: hundred million dollars. Firstly, you're a father of three. Second of all, oh, good point. Yeah, I was just Damn. gonna say, I, I didn't want any kind of issues later. Poor McKinley. Yeah, just call a little shrapnel there. Uh, you do have three. Second of all, that's very relatable, by the way. The, the, I was that way when I was a kid branding. Yeah. My sister still pulls similar stuff I mean, out. My sister loves doing that.
1: By the way, that, that is sneaky terrible. Yeah. I mean, poor McKinley. No, was you were you
2: were just going faster on a roll. You're doing bits, but I just I didn't want I wanted to be make sure there was a correction. Thank you. Yeah, let's go to Robert in Arlington.
1: Hello, Robert. Robert.
4: Hey, how's it going, guys? Good buddy. Tell hey, him. look. You know, I I would go with Peters. My guess is, this is just my guess. He's going to trade down. I think you're going to get a lot more picks in this draft than you think, and I think that's one of the things that they're. I mean, if it word came out that the Vikings were trying to trade up with New England and giving up all these picks, we have a much more be, we have a much better pick, and so I think that's one thing that I think people maybe not considering. I think the other thing is, you know, there's only a twenty like 28 players signed for next year, so they still have to they have to sign like 23 more players just to fill out a roster. So they can't afford to go out and spend 40 or $50 million on two or three players. Because even with the draft picks, they're not going to have enough uh, uh, enough locker,
3: uh, guys, to fill up the lockers.
1: Fair. Here's the only problem with that. When you say 40 or $50 million on a couple of players, that's not how the cap works or money works. I mean, it could if they do it poorly. Well, <laughs> if, if you, you sign guys to a yeah. one-year deal or you yeah. franchise tag. Like, if you were to franchise tag Cam Curl, which... He told us they were not doing and That's a quarter
2: think, of their space going I don't on.
1: think, you know, any that was ever on the table. That's $17 million for this season, all of it against the cap. If you were to sign Kirk Cousins, as an example, for one year and $45 million fully guaranteed, that's $45 million. But if you're going to do what I want, which is like, go get Bryce Huff, the pass rusher from the Jets, and you give him four years, and I'm just going to say um, $72 million, Okay, so an $18 million AAV. His cap number this year probably isn't $18 million. Now, it should be. You should front-load it because of your current cap situation. Yep. But his cap year number this year might actually be like $9 million. So you just signed a guy for $72 million, who on average over four years is going to make $18 per, and this year he, he is going to take nine of your 90 away. So that's a $70 million player you just brought in, and you have $81 million more to spend in theory and, and in that way of doing it. So there's really no path to... Signing three guys and there goes seventy-five million. Unless you're signing three veteran quarterbacks, <laughs> uh, you know you're, you're guaranteeing a bunch of money too. Let's go to Shane and Oxon Hill on G and D. What do you make of uh, Peters sounding like he wants to be very timid in free agency? Um,
5: I didn't take it as that. First and foremost, um, I want to say that you asked a great question when you asked him, "Would he? What type of free agents would he?" like to get and he you know he was very upfront and saying that he will get all types he'll look at the top of the list and we'll look at the dollar best so um i think it as we'll be very smart with the money of course we're not going out to spend all of our cap money nobody ever does that so i mean i think you got to take that with a grain of salt but nobody thinks they're going to spend 90
1: you know nobody but there's a are you going to be aggressive (laughs) or not and he said, no, this won't be a spending spree. That's different. There's a wide range, right? He
5: said we're not going to spend all of the money.
1: But no, he, he, the he literally. Your phone sounds terrible. I got to hang up. Thank you. But he, he literally said, you're right. He, we're not going to spend all the money. He also said we will not be going on a spending spree. But that's a quote. Mm-hmm. I think the expectation is that they will be. He also said that they're not going to be overly aggressive in free agency. Because his priority is to build through
2: the draft. So I'll give you an example, Shane, for you and, and others. I want four new offensive linemen starters. I would, I would love four. I'd be really happy with three, and I'll settle for two. Does that make sense? So in other words, you could go that route and just say my free, entire free agency haul is is Jonah Jackson, a guard from the Detroit Lions. Uh, pick your best right tackle in free agency, and you know maybe your second round draft pick is a left tackle. Whatever you want to do. You could allocate resources that way. I don't even think they're going to do that much. So we're all going to be left going, oh, I, I haven't heard of this guy. Or, oh, that's not as exciting. To me, this, this is more about that masterful art project that right now looks like a blank canvas. That's only got a couple of dots on it. That eventually they're going to put the masterpiece up and we'll go, oh, now I see. I don't think it's all going to be done right away. And that's kind of what we're used to.
1: Shane made a really good point about his answer. The follow-up to him saying they were not going to, spend all $90 million and that they weren't going to be aggressive. That answer, I asked him, are you willing to spend at the top of the market and go get stars and, and win bidding wars? This is what he had to say about that.
4: Our, our, our job is to look at every possible avenue, every possible solution to make this team better. So we're going to look into all that. We're going to look at the top of the market. We're going to look at the, the dollar menu, as, as we're talking about. But we're going to do what's best for our team in the end. So uh, it takes a lot of different players to build a whole team. So if that's, you know, if that's shopping at the top of the market for trying to find the best player we're looking for, who, who carries the traits we're looking for, or it's the middle of the market, or it's or it's the, the guys, the role players that are, are the types of guys we want to bring in the building. So we'll look through all avenues and, and make the best decision for this organization.
1: Appreciate the call. Sorry, the phone just didn't sound good. Let's go to Chris and Calvert on GND. What's up, Chris? Hey, Chris.
6: Hey, I, I, it's very deflating for me to hear the general manager of my favorite team mention the dollar menu. If I'm the Commanders' PR staff, I'm calling him right now, thing,
1: "Don't ever mention the dollar menu again," because well, I just to, like, to be clear, I said dollar menu first, if I may.
2: No, he said dollar menu first. You said bargain basement DVDs, and he's like, "Hey man, nothing wrong with the dollar menu." Oh, I
1: thought I said the dollar menu. You you were you did the bargain basement DVD. Okay, bet. I thought he was playing off my reference. He was. Though. He was playing off the reference. I didn't think he like he didn't come on the show to say. We like the dollar menu. I made a joke about the last regime pinching pennies and being annoying as hell, and he kind of played with it.
6: I, I, I get that, but I just don't want the bargain menu. I don't want Nick Gates. I don't want sons of here, here. rejects, who oddly shake their heads right before they snap the ball so the defense knows when it's going to get snapped. Uh, this Incredible This is not bit. Sir. What is a, not what a, first of all,
2: yes to the you. Bit. Yes to this.
6: <laughs> but there's not. this is not baseball where it takes you know, five years to replenish the farm system and try to get good again. This is the NFL where you have the number two pick in the draft. You have $90 million in free agency or, mm-hmm. you know, in cap space. Like, you can turn it around quickly if you do it right. And that's my only thing that i frustrated
1: Take them to church, Chris. Love Let's it. go. Call of the day candidate. If we had something to give him, I'd give it to him. From my lips to his ears to God's... Shoulder? I don't know. What's the saying?
2: From your lips to someone's to God's ears. Lips to yep.
1: Chris's mouth. Yep. Yes, man. You can get better quickly in this league. I'm drafting Drake May, too, and he's throwing to Schultz and he's handing off to a 4 2 running back I got in the fifth round. But I'm also going to have a new tackle and a new guard and some talent on defense. It's okay to do that. Huff coming off one edge, Armstrong coming off another. This, this idea like, well, you, you can't really win that way. You can't win this way either. And I don't need to win next year. But at some point, you got to make some splashes. I think they're going to make a couple this offseason. The tough thing is we talk a lot, you and I,
2: mm-hmm.
1: about how in this, in this country, no ticky, no laundry. What was that, the departed line? From the departed, yeah. In this city, people can't wrap their head around like O-line versus quarterback and value and all that because we're just – we're screwed up from the past. We are victims of our situations, right? Our circumstances. I kind of feel the same way about free agency a little bit. Like free agency is a pejorative to a lot of fans in this town. They don't think about Pierre Garcon and London Fletcher and Marcus Washington. And I could go on and on. They think about Hainsworth and Mark Carrier and Deion Sanders, Jeff George, and you know, all the times where, It was so laughably bad. Adam Archuleta, I promise it can be a good thing, guys. It it can be. It can help. Let's go to Ellis in D.C. What's up, Ellis?
5: What's up, guys? How's it going? Hey,
6: man. Hey, you had me laughing over here. I'm going to say the worst free agent we ever got was Jason Taylor from the Dolphins. This this dude didn't play it down, and he was on the field a lot. That was a trade.
2: Um, a second-round pick for Jason Taylor, I recall. But at least they
6: oh, we, gave we up an unbelievable amount. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh my pick. goodness. He, he robbed us. He robbed us. Um, so I I got to agree with Danny on this one. Schultz is not a splash-free agent. No to Schultz. No, no, no. I, I do want us to go out and get the best guard. I'm, I'm spending $20 million on whoever the best guard in the town is. And um, But um, the last caller said something that kind of tripped me
1: out, because he said he'd get rid of Gates. I thought Gates was good. What what do you guys think? Uh, they benched him. I don't think that I think was, was because not. he was good. Uh, they got better after he went to the bench. Look, he was a really nice guy. We had him on the show. He was Cool awesome. dude. He always mixed it up. He had long hair, and he tried to fight people, and he kind of looked like you know, he always had his gut We're hanging we like guys out with an attitude. We really at, do. At training camp. I like Nick Gates. Nick Gates is not the starting center of an elite offense or or a team probably going deep into the playoffs
2: is where I'm at on that. Yeah, I like my neighbor Jerry a lot. He's a nice guy. (laughs) Do you want him
1: to play center? I
2: certainly do not. Here's where I will agree with that caller. If they
1: prioritize the O-line heavily and it's the anti-2023 Marty Party offseason where they just spent, like, they don't spend any money like I want them to at edge or in the secondary or tight end, all that other stuff. They just go, new guard, New center, new tackle, I'm and they, they oh, spend. They, they go buddy. spend, you know, top of the tier money. Those are their three big free agents. Yeah, can you imagine? Like I have chills thinking about just having a vision and a plan for yes. a kid quarterback. That's all I want. Drake May, Jaden
2: Daniels, go enjoy the space. When you have – and this is this was my point. Going back to Rivera's year one with, uh, with Haskins, even if you have a neophyte quarterback, how could you do anything less? then build a fortress around this person. How could it be anything but that? I I couldn't believe it. the number of times we've done this thing, this exercise with with young quarterbacks, right? Like, please build an incredible force around this person to give them the honest to good best chance to succeed. It just never occurred to them. It never occurred to any regime over over the years going back Uh, throughout then Redskins history. I wasn't really sure
1: which way they were leaning on Cam Curl. After Adam Peters came on the show, I now have a pretty solid prediction I'm willing to make as to whether or not he's back. We can get into that next. 800-636-1067. How urgently should they be operating? Do you think they should really try to make major strides this offseason? Or should they just bite off little by little here over the next couple of years as they try to... Make a move in the NFC East, Grant and Danny on the fan.
4: What we really envision with the, uh, the analytics department is kind of all-encompassing. You have you have coaching with the uh, you have game plan, and there's also the, the game management with that. And then you have scouting and, and trying to find players and trying to find um, players that fit your, your style of play through analytics as well. And then there's another component where you can talk about health and performance and how, how to best train your players, how to best um, get them ready for the season and, and prevent injury and then bring them back from injury. So there's a lot of different components that Eugene and his team will have their hands in, and we're working on um, hiring, bringing in a few, few more people to make that department more robust.
1: That was Adam Peters on the analytics department led by Eugene Shen. Question being, is he going to be more involved with putting together a binder of information? Yeah, for A.K.A.
2: The... go for it on fourth down here, 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 and here, or this is the type of player you should draft?
1: Yeah. Do you want the coaches to get that information and use it on Sundays or the scouting department? And it sounds like a little bit of both a much boosted R&D department coming in Washington, which is a welcome addition for a lot of us. i go to cut six if you would, Darius. I asked him, Danny, about the idea that a lot of people thought Dan Quinn was not their first choice and if that matters at all. And he agreed that that is certainly how a lot of people felt from what he's heard, but he just doesn't think that that's a fair assessment of their search.
4: Yeah, that is a perception, um, but that's that's certainly not the truth. I think within our search committee and and the way we looked at it, we had a really, really, really good process, I think, and, and had a lot of people really... Very smart people, very experienced people, helping us out with that. And so, you know, whether there was conjecture or, or whatever out out in the media about who was the first choice, who wasn't, we were still, you know, we we were committed to seeing this thing through the end before we made a decision and uh, to speak to every every candidate and see who was the right fit for us. And uh, in the end, Dan Dan showing the showing the brightest, regardless of who got hired, who you know whatever happened. Um, and I can tell you each and every day that I've been working with DQ, I'm happier and happier. It was a great choice for myself. It's a great choice for, for this organization. It's a great choice for the DMV. And I think everybody's going to be fired up when they see that team roll out there in September.
1: Peters on his hire of Dan Quinn also answered in that question, why were they the last team to make Mm -hmm. a hire? Uh, didn't want to go back to the coaching search in great detail, feels like a long time ago now. They're at the Combine. They're sitting down and interviewing players sure. this week. But we at least needed to address a couple of the perceptions and see where they matched
2: with his reality. Absolutely. I think that's one of those, hey, we got to check this box here. And he gave what I thought was a great answer about, you know, this was more about seeing their process through. Now, again, I could quibble. And if that was what we we're trying to do as a cross-examination, I could say, well, it may not be what it looks like if you fell in love with, with, with somebody where you waited a long time to schedule a second interview, and anybody could have snatched him up at any point. Seven teams acted much more quickly than you guys did, and he could have responded as he did in his answer. Yeah, we were committed to seeing the process through. We wanted to interview every single candidate, turn over every leaf, find out about us, find out about them, and, and really give everybody a chance to, to to shine or fail, sink or swim, as it were, uh, through that whole process. But, you know, again, it's one of those things that's that's you kind of have to do it, right? And that's where we were. One of the
1: things that came out of his meeting with the national media today at the Combine was a question about Cam Curl, whether or not he's going to get the franchise tag. He basically said they're not planning on using the franchise tag this year. So I followed up on that with him, Danny, and you and I got to the bottom of, is he a franchise tag guy or not? Why won't they be using it on Cam Curl? Uh, And what that means moving forward for the safety who's played so well as a former seventh-round pick here.
4: I think it's just a, that's a year to year decision and depending on who who you have, who you have coming free and um you know where you value them and so um that this could be different next year it could be it could be the same next year so it all depends on who you have coming up and um what you can get done with a contract or where you value them and where you're at with the contract negotiation so I think that's a fluid situation each year
1: I wonder if there's any chance that they would be more aggressive, maybe in the trade market at all. You know, as it pertains to, like, you really want to shape and find a fit and go out and get impact players, but maybe you don't want to spend a ton in free agency. Could they be a team that shops around and, and finds value? Absolutely. Like a guy right? that Peters loved in San Fran that's a backup, a guy that Dan Quinn coached in Dallas that might not make a lot of money yet, where you could throw, I don't think you want to throw picks in the early to mid rounds, but where maybe down the road you could give something up and get young talent on the cheap. My guess is they won't do that because the picks are going to be their currency mm-hmm. as a draft-first team. But if, if you could do the Ernie Grunfeld, like, well, we count him as a fourth-round <laughs> pick. We think he's good value. Like Maybe they do that to some extent this offseason oh. because they've got a lot of guys from different organizations. You think Lance yes. Newmark doesn't have a good beat on a, like deep organizations? Detroit, really good NFC title game. Dallas, really good, has been great in the division. Uh, Peters from San Francisco. You could steal right. a couple of the guys that might be starters for you that weren't there, and you could
2: get them at good value maybe. No, that's a smart point. I mean, the sort of the premise of Moneyball wasn't about on-base percentage. If you guys haven't read it and then you obviously saw the movie, it, it was about the commodity or trait that's undervalued. So this happened with uh with with in a million different ways but it happened with cars for the sake you know just for for the sake of argument. used to be used cars were the cheapest thing in the world and that was the smartest thing that you could do well cars got better so used cars went up in price so now if you buy a car that's a, a brand new in 2023 the value doesn't go down the same way that it used to so you buy a car that's three years old you're only saving like a couple of grand off the original sticker price so you look for the value the value might be a soft trade market right, where this guy probably should be worth the sake of argument a third, we can get him for a fourth, that's good value, we'll we'll put the chip down. The whole point is everyone gets the same starting set of assets, salary cap money, uh, draft picks, and, you know, roster spots, how you divvy them up to acquire your players, you you should always be sort of using your assets to build better value. So, So, Like, in other words, you spend five and get six, that's a win. You do that a bunch of times, you end up with a pretty good roster.
1: Let's go to Pat, who's in Alexandria on Grant and Danny. How are you, Pat?
7: Doing good. How are you doing, fellas? Good, very well. Thanks for the call. So, I think you guys are talking about the uh, the offensive line, Danny and. I'm with you. I get the whole not investing, but I can't do a whole nother season of listening to people talk about Sam Howell getting sacked every week because the offensive line is bad. And you don't know if it's the scheme, if it's the offensive line. I think you guys had someone on early on in the season this year that talked about sack rate and sack percentage. And how Sam Howell is at like the top of the list Mm -hmm. and how that – that, that's a trait that doesn't matter. It sticks with you from college into the pros. Yeah, you're talking about, just we'll
1: so, I'll, I'll let you keep going here, but you're talking about pressure no. to sack percentage, essentially, which is more a quarterback yeah. stat. So, like, if the if the if if you're pressured 15 times, how often do you get sacked? The quarterback's job is to help the line get rid of the ball, throw it away, whatever. Sam Howell has been awful at that since college, and and it's one of the reasons he takes a ton of sacks, to your point.
7: Yeah, and I remember hearing about that, and I'm a statistician, so I started looking into that. Drake May isn't too far off from that. So if we're going to go get someone like Drake May, he's not as bad as Howell in terms of sack percentage, but in his second year he had 40 sacks. He was sacked 40 times based off of like 500 dropbacks. He got better this season. But if you go back and look at, like, I know he's a a big case, Peyton Manning, his first two years he was sacked 22 times and the second year 14 times. If you go look at Indianapolis back then, they invested heavy into their offensive line when they drafted the rookie. So if they're going to draft a rookie with the second pick, I really hope they're going to spend money so that you can actually evaluate him to know if you're going to pay him that big money at the end, where you might be able to surround him with some lower-cost offensive line when he's in his fifth year and he's making that big deal.
1: Appreciate it. Now it's smart, bud. Thanks. Just to to give some numbers, Sam Howell's pressure to sack percentage in college, I think, was around 25%. Drake Mays was 18 and change, if memory serves. Uh, That's a huge difference, statistically speaking. Uh, I I wouldn't say they're comparable in that regard. The the other point I would make, though, is um, if you're looking at this year's draft class, the guy that's actually most similar to Sam Howell that we're talking about is Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels, 24%. Howell's was 27% as I'm looking at it in front of me right now. Jaden Daniels, about the same. Mm -hmm. Eh, A couple percentage points is large, but you get what I'm saying. Pressure to sack percentage collegiately um, as Sam Howell. Drake Mays was looks like 18-plus percent. So you round him up to 19, Daniels 24, Hal 27. But I'd say that's a huge difference between 19%, 27%. Uh, as far as how often you turn pressures into sacks collegiately, just to clean up some of the numbers there. Vince is in Akakeek. What's up, Vince?
5: What's good, guys? Hey, buddy. I actually been wanting to have a conversation with y'all for about two or three weeks, um, just about free agency, period. Um, So let me pitch to y'all my my thought process. What if we just looked at free agency totally different? And my my reason behind that is... um, you stockpile all these draft picks. Hopefully, they all hit, and then you got to pay them all. And then they say, "Well, now we got to make a decision because we can't afford to pay everybody." With me for this year, not feeling like the free agents are the next London Fletchers or Marcus Washingtons or you know whoever whoever is a guy who can come in and make a immediate impact for a long time. It's a lot of it's a couple of splash guys and the, the guys who I think that we might could want to get probably are not really leaving the team. I'm saying. Stock the, the cap money. So then when all the draft picks do hit, we can keep our dynasty that we've built through the draft because cap is not a problem no more. So here, we, here's we, the we, one
2: clarification on that, which, which prevents you from doing that. At some point, I appreciate the call, you've got to have a salary floor. There's a minimum that you have to spend. And we're actually trying to nail down what those numbers exactly 89%
1: are. 89% of money every four years that you're allotted.
2: So in other words, you can't just bide your to, your, to your point. His, his strategy is, Bide your time for three years, spend nothing on the cap, and then when all these guys become free agents, you just keep them together. There are mechanisms to prevent that for you kind of tanking for extended periods of time, right. hoarding players, and then you know paying, you know, overpaying to kind of keep them all. Yeah, I mean, essentially, so if this year's cap's two fifty five,
1: next year's is two sixty five, the year after that's two seventy five. Hypothetically, that is, uh, you're talking about like seven hundred ninety five million dollars of salary cap space. And of that $795 million, over those three years, you need to spend like $620 million against your salary cap is the way that it works. You also can't roll over every dollar. It's like write-offs. Mm-hmm. I mean, so if you just don't spend $70 million this year, to my knowledge, you don't just get to roll over the $70 million next year. There's a way that you can roll over money, but it's not dollar for dollar uh, in that same way. 800 1067 is the number? Do you guys know who helped coach Drake May in high school when he was a high school quarterback? I'm gonna give you that answer next. I think people will be interested to hear because uh, I-, I had forgotten this for a couple of years and bumped into the information again last night. and made me just feel even better about the coaching he's been getting for a long time. Uh, we could discuss that plus some of the other big storylines out of the NFL Combine today, where Dan Quinn also just recently spoke to the media. We'll tell you what he said. On the fan, next. G&D on the fan, taking you up to 6.30 tonight. Caps power play, top of the hour. Danny, put the way back hat on for a moment.
2: Put it backwards, like DQ, the presser. Do you remember when...
1: A few years ago, Josh McCown, the backup quarterback at the time, I think, with Philadelphia, okay. would like leave the team on Fridays so he could go back and coach a high school football team while he was in the NFL.
2: I do now, yeah. Drake
1: May was the starting quarterback on that high school team. Is that right? Yeah. So Josh McCown would go back and coach up his kid. Maybe it was kids, plural. I'm not sure. But the starting quarterback on that team, who he worked with pretty closely, hand-in-hand hand, constantly, is the quarterback's whisperer for that team as an NFL quarterback, Drake May. So he was getting that instruction in high school, then went to North Carolina. I uh, saw a video last night of May sitting down with Colt McCoy, and I posted this video. You're going to have to scroll back through some tweets uh, with some quotes from Adam Peters from today, at Grant H. Paulson, but it's worth it. There was a great video. It's like 12 minutes long. It's Drake May going over a film breakdown of a 400-yard, four-touchdown game he had against Syracuse with Colt McCoy. And McCoy is going through some things he likes, doesn't like, whatever. But Drake May is basically scouting himself. And I came away really impressed. Very, very smart. Talked about a few plays, like why he got out of a look or why he changed something. I, I mean,
2: that, that stuff to me is like a drug. I totally it's agree. incredible.
1: But like Colt McCoy is like, I love this here. Why did you bail out here? He's like, oh, well, I knew they had a free rusher. He's like, you see... The empty look here, and he's like, Yeah, I knew they were empty, so I had to account for that guy. But it's just real high level mm-hmm. football acumen stuff that you can just tell when he gets on a whiteboard, he'll blow people away. And Jaden Daniels may well be the same way. I just I haven't seen the video because I don't know that he did the thing with Colt McCoy yet. But uh it's the kind of stuff that I care a lot about. Dan Quinn was asked today, as a matter of fact, like what are your quarterback must haves? How do you know if a guy's gonna be a really good quarterback? And at the Combine, he said, traits he looks for, mental toughness, accuracy on the deep ball, and the ability to create off off schedule. Last thing he wants out of a quarterback, get me out of bad plays. And I think that's kind of that mastery Uh level stuff. Yeah. But go back, watch the video. May's got a little bit of a personality for a young guy kind of sitting next to someone he grew up admiring. But mostly he just comes off, I thought, as a pretty sharp kid talking ball. He goes through. This is the concept here. This is what we're looking for. He asks a couple questions to McCoy, where he goes, "Hey, when you get this look and the DBs doing this, what do you normally do?" I, I just I came away thinking, okay, this guy can talk it. He can't. It's not just like he's out there freestyling. So that was good to see. That is neat. I used to love watching the Gruden quarterback camp thing for the same reason.
2: Yeah, a lot. of You get past the Gruden shtick, which was. Heavy. I mean, <laughs> that's thumb on the scale right there. But even still, it was always really good and instructive because he, he'd find the good, you'd find the bad. You know, like obviously that's where we got Spider Two Wide Banana from, where he's grilling Andrew Luck, the best quarterback prospect. You know, guy, you're in missing decades. a really
1: good chance to do a Gruden here. What are you doing? You're just talking yeah. about it over. I mean, give me the Gruden. for Who's God's
2: open sake. every time on Spider Two Wide Banana, man? Who's open? The uh, fullback's open. Then why didn't you take the fullback, man? You what throw about- this backside comeback here. It's intercepted. Now you got to chase them down. What about Gruden with Mahomes? <clears throat> You're at Texas Tech, man. This is 7,000 pass attempts, man. When are you going to hand the ball off? I think you know, right now, obviously, uh, Coach Cliff, uh, he don't want to hand the ball off much. His air raid is Mike Leach. Di- I'm a disciple of his, and every time you hand it off, that's – a chance you could have thrown, and for me, I wanted I wanted twenty thousand yards, and uh, for real dog, I'm like that. Talk to Coach Trav and and, uh, and Andy Reid and everybody. Uh, I wanted to throw for seventy five touchdowns. Uh, my one year Texas Tech, we almost did that in in the Big Twelve, but nobody plays no defense. <clears throat> Not bad. Let's go to Mark, who's in
1: Fredericksburg. Mark, you're on Grant and Danny. What's up?
8: Hey guys, uh, just want to chime in. Um, everybody's excited about the second pick. I think the way to go is with Drake May. Um, The other two guys, uh, Southern Cal and uh, LSU, they're fast because the people on the field are not as fast as the guys are going to meet in the NFL. I mean, they will not run away from cornerbacks like they do in college. And the next thing they're going to do, offensive linemen, offensive linemen, and then more offensive linemen. If you listen to what Gruden says and you listen to what Schlereth says on your programs, Gruden always talks about. Well, they talk about Baltimore. They talk about Lamar because they got great guards. They got oh, their guards are good. Then they talk about um, the kids in Green Bay. Oh, he's got a great tackle and a great center. They always refer to the offensive line. They don't always hang. They hang with the quarterback. They always bring up the receivers. They always talk offensive line. And I know it's old school. I know it's a different situation altogether. But look at the offensive lines of the best teams in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I mean. It's hard to be a good team without a good line. Now, you could say that about a few different positions, mm-hmm. but there's no doubt having a really good offensive line is important. Caleb Williams isn't really a runner. He can run. He's a creator. He makes plays. He's more playmaker yeah, than, he's a than runner, I'd say. whereas Jaden Daniels can run. <laughs> Jaden Daniels is here to chew bubblegum and make <laughs> yeah. some plays with his feet. Yeah. He can throw, too, by the way. Yeah. JaVale and Pepper, what's up?
6: Hey, Greg, and Danny, how you doing, guys?
1: Good, buddy. Good, man. What do you got? We got about a minute here at the end of the hour.
6: Alright, no problem. Thank you. Um hey uh, about two or three weeks ago, um I, I brought up the situation with you guys about um Kirk Cousins. And and earlier today, uh, the junkies had, had a segment about that as well. And, and I spoke of if you if you could spend thirteen to fourteen million, um uh, thirteen to fourteen percent of your cap, that, that would be the best option for this team to win now. Like right? and, and with the salary cap going up as it, as it has more than people uh, thought that it was like like we 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 have to keep an open mind and and I actually heard Peters in an interview today reference Kirk Cousins and say hey well, Kirk did. Cousins is a really good quarterback okay um when 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 Kirk called you guys to uh, uh wish you well on your anniversary uh-huh. he said hey, maybe I'll boomerang back yeah, wink wink yeah. and finish you know what i'm saying yeah. so like i, I don't think I don't think anything is out of, of, of possibility because if you can sign Kurt to a say a three or four year deal and a hundred, a hundred and twenty million dollar deal, if we could go to the Super Bowl and possibly win it, it'll be worth it. Because over the next three or four years, more than likely if you look at probability and statistics and and and, and the numbers, he's probably gonna be better than any of the three quarterbacks, Daniels, May, um Williams. And if you could take that number two pick and take Marvin Harrison and pair him with Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson, or you trade back to seven, eight, nine, ten and garner more picks, that will be great because the free agency of class this year is
1: is dynamic. You could fix linebacker with Devin White. Jamel, you know, you I, can. We, we got thanks, to buddy. Jump. We gotta jump, buddy. I appreciate Thank you. you. We got to jump. You're all you're cooking, and I appreciate you. Uh, it's a good call, as we said when you brought this up originally, I think that's a great idea. If you want to go that route, the premise though, is 13% of the cap quarterbacks make more than 13% of the cap. Now that numbers climbing to 16, 17%. That would be on this cap, a $33 million number. That's about 10 million less probably than what Mike McCartney and Kirk Cousins than what it would take one. Now, if, if he's willing to come here for 33 million a year, they might be interested. That's a good bargain. That's a good discount. But presumably even off of the Achilles you know he's going to Minnesota going I want two years 90 million fully guaranteed at 45 maybe they negotiate that down a little bit but that's kind of the, the biggest problem with the theory I did ask Peters and you'll hear it when we play it in a few minutes uh next segment what we can let you hear this but I asked him what about a veteran quarterback is that an option you'll hear what he had to say uh, next our caps power play as well Grant and Danny on the fan
0: okay.